Hello and welcome to After Hours. Today we're talking to Connie, founder of Astra Demiu. Welcome, Connie, to the sofa, which technically is your sofa, <laughs> if we think about it. So today we've got Connie here, who is the founder, head chef, pot washer of Astra Demiu. Yeah, and cleaner. And, and cleaner. garbage pickupper. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm oh, really thank looking you for forward having me. to hearing the full story. So, as always, we're going to be talking about the exciting things that have happened along the journey that have yeah. brought you to where you are now, to be the queen of the empire of the pink palace that is Astrid Mew. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> ah, listen, you've got to talk yourself up. Like, you've got to go to sleep at night and be like, I'm queen of the pink palace empire <laughs> and just cover yourself head to toe in jewels and be like, yes, this is my life <laughs> that's now. That's so cringy. <laughs> <laughs> like I just went to the Tutankhamun thing and that needs to be you just like every day just cover yourself <laughs> so one of the first things you said was you obviously grew up in between the states and yeah, Korea yeah yeah so where were you born so I was born in Korea but okay. my dad was working in the government and he was a diplomat so we, oh, okay. we moved back and forth mm-hmm. and I read once that there are a couple of things that make people become entrepreneurs and one mm-hmm. of the things is like you need to have had a traumatic childhood apparently to really? yeah to be prone to becoming an entrepreneur okay which makes you very self-reliant and self-sufficient and uh-huh. one of them is like divorce of your parents mm-hmm. and the other is constant relocation or like frequent relocation when you're a child and then another one is like if you were really poor growing up yeah and like relocation is my story Mm, yeah, I really think yeah, I think it does make you become really independent and self-sufficient. Yeah, because you have to constantly adjust to different cultures and uh-huh. different language, uh, not to mention like different friendship groups mm. and also different educational curriculum. So, how often were you moving? So, you started off in Korea, and what age were you when you first moved? So, when I first moved to the US when I was five, okay, and then I moved back to Korea when I was seven. And when you're young, you forget, like, you adapt to things so quickly, but then yeah. you forget things so quickly. So, when I first arrived in the US, I didn't understand anything. Like, um. uh, yeah, I felt like I was in a dark room. I couldn't understand anything that people were talking. And then when I moved back to Korea at seven in the classroom, I couldn't understand anything that the kids were no saying. Way. It's so like it's so funny. So, what's spoken in your household then uh korean korean and so did you have any english when you arrived in the states i did take english lessons but it Uh was very basic it was like singing nursery rhymes in english i was five right so when i went into the classroom and kids were talking i couldn't understand anything oh but i I mean i adjusted to that pretty quickly i Mm -hmm. think within the six months i could understand everything and Mm. like when you're young like everyone's inclusive, right? Yeah, of course. I think the difficulty came when I moved back to Korea at seven and then I moved back to the US when I was 10 and then oh moved God. back to Korea at 13 and then moved back to the US when I was 16. So the most difficult bit was when I moved to the US when I was 16. Right. It wasn't the language. My English was already fluent by, yeah. by then, but it was just like high school is so difficult anyways, mm. but by like just leaving your friends and being in a different culture, yeah. like it was so difficult. And like American high school kids are really mean as well oh no (laughs) did you have problems then when you like with the other kids when you arrived there um I didn't necessarily have problems but Mm. I just felt like I didn't fit in yeah of course so were you going back to the same part of Korea in the States when you were moving back and forth or were you going to different places each time yeah so my parents had a place in Korea so Uh I always went back to the same place in Korea so that was a bit 
easier because had a little I had, bit of stability yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And back then you used to write letters to your friends. So oh, I used cute. to do that. Whereas like in the States, we were in different parts. So uh-huh. like when I first moved, it was Seattle. And then next time it was Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So the two times it was Washington, D.C. area, but it was different neighborhoods. Right. So it was completely different. Yeah. So each time yeah. you had to start again. I mean, at that time, I didn't think it was difficult. I just mm-hmm. took it as part of life. But I think... It just made me more resilient and yeah, adaptable. Yeah, of course. And in retrospect, you kind of think, oh my God, so especially having children of your own, you think, yeah. how would they respond to it? Yeah. You know, your parents are only doing what they had to do. In a way, there's a lot of positive outcomes, right? Yeah, because I'm like much more empathetic as a result because mm-hmm. I know like, oh, I can always see like the outsiders in yeah. friendship groups or like in the company as well. And I can always notice that, spot that. So Aww. yeah, I think so it really helped me. Power. <laughs> <laughs> to be extra empathic. So what was the biggest culture shock? I mean, obviously, when you were a little kid, you might not have been so aware of it. So age 16, coming back to the States. Yeah. What was the biggest thing that you were like, oh, my God, this is so different? I think American kids were a lot more grown up. Sure. In Korea, it was like very academic. I also went to a private school, so mm-hmm. it was like super academic, super Spartan. And like everyone was like very geeky. Yeah. <laughs> and like we all wore, wore uniforms at mm. that time. And then when I went to the US, everyone was like so grown up. Yeah. And I think like Asian kids grow up like a bit later as well. <laughs> so like Asians speak at 30. Oh, <laughs> that's why you look so young. You're basically, you know, you know, 22. <laughs> Where feels like home? London. London now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really feels like home here. Is that the place that you've been the longest? So at what point? Yeah. So you were like... <laughs> Korea, US, Korea, US. When yeah. did you arrive in London? So I went between Korea and US and then I worked in Hong Kong. Okay, oh my God. university. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I was floating around in it a bit because whenever I was in the US, I knew I was going back to Korea. And whenever I was in Korea, I didn't know when we were going to go to the US because of my dad's job. Mm-hmm. So like Hong Kong was my chosen city. Yeah. But then it didn't feel like home. It was very transient. It's very exciting when you're young, but it's all like party, new people, like work mm-hmm. hard, play hard. It didn't feel very settled. Whereas mm. like when I came to London, I think I was also at an age when I wanted to settle down somewhere. Right. So I came here when I was 29. So okay. And then when I arrived, I felt like, oh, this is so nice it's such a good combination of culture and like hard work but also like very very laid back Mm. I I know that a lot of people from outside of London think it's really busy and like bustling but for me it's so chilled and even like Seoul where Mm. where I was born and grew up and like Washington DC they're all like very big cities yeah and I think London is the best of both it's got its own vibe going on yeah yeah, I love London what did you study I studied business ah yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so when you got to London, where was it that you set up? Where was home in London? So when I first arrived, I lived in St. John's Wood. Oh, I, went to, yeah. I went to business school in Regent's Park. So like London okay. Business School. And mm-hmm. that was like 10 minutes walk from okay. school. So I, I stayed there for a year. And then I moved to Notting Hill where I set up the business after oh, business yeah. school. Where our head of marketing, Sarah, used to come to work in, our, in my flat. <laughs> <laughs> So thinking about Western and Eastern cultures, like what are the best bits and worst bits from each one that you think you've kind of taken? I think Western culture is more flat, I would say. Okay. There's less hierarchy. So like you can talk to an adult, you can call an adult's name and just be friends. Whereas like Eastern culture is very hierarchical. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be the pros of Western culture. Yeah, I love the flatness. I love that you can just like talk to anyone like a friend. Yeah. Like a, you know. You can't really do that back home, in in Korea anyways. And then I think the good thing about Eastern culture is I think people are a bit more selfless. 
Mm-hmm. In Asia, I think they're more considerate about their surroundings mm. and other people, whereas Western culture, people could be more like self yeah, um, you got to yeah, consider people. Around, yeah, I hate yeah. people that the worst ones that just stop in the middle of the door. You're trying to get out <laughs> to check their phone. I'm like, there is a special place in hell for people that stop in a door that everyone's trying to get through to check their phone. I'm like, babe, straight through. Take a step to the left. You're done. Sorry, that's just like that winds me up. So let's move on to the business. You come to London. You're here. You're settled. What made you choose jewellery? Have you got a design background? Is it something that you love? No, I don't have a design background. Okay. Yeah, so when I first started the business, the honest answer is I didn't want to get a job. Like, I, I... <laughs> no one does. <laughs> so this wasn't a job it was a project to begin with and my dad would always be like you need to go get a job you need to go get a job (laughs) and I was just thinking oh I love fashion yeah and which category can I be in I looked at like clothes I didn't even want to touch that because there's like so much seasonality there's so much risk sizing like oh my god how do you stock all those sizes and the volumes are really big and you need to keep up every season and then like shoes and bags, I just saw so many really cool designers doing it. And yeah. I thought, I can't compete with that. Like, I'm not a designer. Mm-hmm. And jewelry, I thought there's a gap in the market, which is a very cliched phrase. No, but do you know what? A lot of the stories you've spoken to lots of women and it's like, you find that little niche. Yeah. And back home in Korea, there used to be a really small boutique I used to go to and the owner was making things and mm-hmm. she used to have like something new every day. So I used to walk in there every day, just chat to her and, yeah. and buy something. Yeah, and yeah. everything was so affordable as well and beautiful. Mm. And I thought, oh, and she was so nice. And I thought, oh, maybe I can replicate that, but online. Because yeah. it was kind of cheaper to start yeah, online than to start a store. Mm. Online, started as a project and see how it goes. And it kind of, yeah, did okay. So the first thing I did was I... <laughs> Build a website for like 500 pounds. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we spend so much money now, but like, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't believe that I built something for 500 pounds. Yeah, amazing. Um, but and, it shows that you've got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, get it done. Yeah. And the website was crashing all the time with like <laughs> <laughs> traffic of like one person going in, like my mom. <laughs> Is there anything to do today? And then the biggest investment was hiring a PR agency. Yes. Yeah. So at that time, it was a boutique PR firm called 10PR. They were amazing because they were like these two young founders Mm -hmm. who were, I guess, like around my age or like they were really young. They really wanted to help us. Yeah. And I think it was the first or second week we were in Grazia, the shopping list, which is like the dream. Yeah, I couldn't believe it because they were kind of uh, managing my expectations saying like, it takes about three months to like, you know, get something (laughs) in. We need to tell the story. But Mm -hmm. we got into Grazia shopping list. And I think the same week we got into the stylist. Wow, Grouchy yeah. Stylist, that yeah, is like yeah, the two yeah, dreams. Yeah, yeah. So I worked in PR previously. Oh, like, okay. Literally, to get yeah. a new client in Breakfast, yeah. I'd be like, that job's done. Yeah, like, so pay me now. yeah. So I guess I guess I was really lucky. So well, that you have me... amazing products. So, oh, you know. oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you must have just seen that five hundred quid little website went. We didn't have a lot in stock, but everything sold out really quickly. Amazing. Yeah, yeah but do you know what? The fear of loss, and if it's sold out, like if I'm on a website and they go, "There's only one left," I'm like, yeah. oh. That's probably a massive lie. Like, I'm like, savvy enough to know that there's definitely not one left. I'm like, oh, but there's one left in stock. I'm just going to get it. Like, yeah. People love that kind of exclusivity. We had all our suppliers in Korea because, oh. like, it was just easy to do yeah. because I'm from there. And I used to ask my mom to deliver everything. Like, oh. go to the supplier, pick it up. Deli- <laughs> she just turned up with a suitcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she used to, like, send it via post. Okay. And it was such small volumes. So mm. it was, like, gift yeah. economy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would call her in panic. Like, you need to go to the suppliers and pick those things up. <laughs> 
That's so cool. So where did the branding and the aesthetic come from? Because that's such... I think when I sort of talk to people about, more oh, working with Astrid and me, and they go, oh, yeah. lovely brand. And everyone kind of knows the look. And that's yeah, really, I yeah. think, something that people have bought into. Where yeah. was the idea? Where did that come from? So it comes from these two girls, Astrid and you. I think, like, a lot of people yeah, think maybe that Astrid and me? So these are imaginary characters who are my friends. or like <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I want to know all about them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're best friends, Astrid and me, okay. but they're complete opposites. So Astrid is an artist. She's a bit introverted. She's from Sweden. And she... Grew up in a workshop. Her mom was a jewelry designer. She has a famous musician boyfriend and she lives in Camden. So I'm uh, obsessed with that. Yeah, we have. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be her friend too. Yeah, and she has tattoos. She's quite edgy but Mm -hmm. muted. She loves horror movies and she likes to go to art. There's like this whole story around her. Oh my God. Do you feel like you know her? I feel like I know. I also feel like I can see like a cartoon being like about (laughs) So tell me about Miu. Yeah, so Miu is a flamboyant and glamorous PR girl. She's half Japanese, half English. She has a very international upbringing. Uh-huh. And she used to work in New York in PR and she moved to London. She's single and enjoying right. her single life. She lives in Shoreditch, <laughs> in a loft, and she has parties every day. I want to be both of them in equal measure. Yeah, I can't decide yeah. who I want to be more. Maybe me because she gets to go out and party and be single. Watch. <laughs> I hope my husband doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, so the whole aesthetic comes from these two characters. So we wow. don't have a set of like, oh, we need to do this thing. You need to do this. It's about imagining these girls and where these girls would want to hang out and shop. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I want to see all that. I want to see all the artwork. I want to see them like imagine. Yeah, yeah. So if you see all of our campaigns, you can probably like imagine one of them or like both of them. Yeah, oh my God. Now, I'm sorry, we're in, to give a disclaimer, we're looking around the room at the pictures at these beautiful artworks. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can see Astrid and Mia are here. They're with us. <laughs> so what was the first collection? You said you had a really small amount to begin with. What yeah. was the first piece that you were like, that's going to be my launching item? It was a bunch of products and it wasn't okay. even a collection. It was basically anything I wanted. That's the dream though, right? Just go <laughs> yeah. shopping for all the stuff yeah. you would love and be like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to sell this in a shop. Yeah, so if I look back, I think we still have some things that I think we need to write off. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we, had a, we had like some neon stuff, which right. is completely not our aesthetics mm. now. But, and we had some like spiked leather cups. Okay, yeah. you know, Camden, I can see that. Yeah, yeah we had like, yeah, we had, we had a full range. <laughs> right, so and... I mean, I suppose you probably quite quickly saw which people yeah, were yeah. tagging onto, and you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, that's the direction we're going. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favourite item that for you encapsulates the essence of Astromir? I love the um, shell huggies that yeah. I'm wearing. I, I wear it all the time. I love them too. Yeah. I find them a bit tight. I've got a bit of a fat load. <laughs> I do. And I also think I've got a really high piercing. I was like, because I spotted them on Sarah, and I was like, I'm obsessed with your earrings. The little shells are just so cute. They're so delicate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I need to get another piercing, basically. That's yeah, what yeah. we've just They're like really, it's the shell trend. It's really trendy, mm-hmm. but we make it a bit more dainty and fine yeah. and elegant. And you can wear it in your shower and like anywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. So at what point were you like, okay, this isn't a project anymore. This is a business. This is taken off. Oh, when I hired my first staff. Okay. <laughs> Who's Sarah, our head of marketing. <laughs> Yeah. Another disclaimer, Sarah's in the room watching yeah. this. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have people to pay salaries to, you sure. can't really fuck up, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and how did you find each other? So I know that Sarah's obviously been with you since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Was it an interview process? Did you know each other? Sarah used to work for another jewellery brand who used 10PR. And yes. we met at the press day. And I think she was only 
24 at that time. And I thought, oh my God, she's the smartest 24 year old in the world. <laughs> I like, I need to hire her at some point when I can afford her. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's amazing. So I think we kept in touch for about a year. And yeah. then when the situation arose, you steal her. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah jumped ship. Yeah. I think it was pretty easy to steal her. <laughs> <laughs> so when was your first bricks and mortar? Because I know that, you, how long were you online for? So the brand launched in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we opened our first box park pop-up in 2015. And that's sort of when Instagram really picked up. And I've noticed that there are so many online jewelry brands out there. And yeah. we really need to differentiate ourselves with mm-hmm. our physical experience. And I yeah. was like, I was thinking back at that boutique back home in Korea. And yeah. like, it was so special because it was a physical experience. Online is amazing, but you can't really have that one-on-one personal relationship if you mm. don't have physical stores. No, I totally agree. Um, so is the experience, do you think, a big part of the brand? People come in, you've got lovely staff, they can chat to yeah, you, to yeah. talk about the brand. Like yeah. product knowledge is obviously really important yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously we have the experience component. We do piercing and tattoos, which are really intimate experiences. Mm-hmm. And our piercers and tattoo artists are lovely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a few tattoos and I mean, it's something that we've discussed previously I love that you've made the experience of wanting to go in and maybe get something quite small and quite feminine and not feeling intimidated. I mean, my first tattoo, it's awful. I've got wings, <laughs> angel wings on my back like a stripper, like a trampy little stripper. And I remember You need being, to show us later. <laughs> oh, they're hideous. I'm like, you got to bear in mind how old those are now. So they're like green, stretched out. My back is a lot smaller then. My theory was I could flap them. That's why I put them behind, between my um, shoulder blades. Anyways, the experience of getting them done, I was like, I'm going to go and get this done. I was like 18... And so I'm there, I had like blonde hair, little like baby blue lacy bra on and I'm like laid out and this guy next to me is covered in tattoos and he's getting his knuckles done and he was getting um, hate on one of his knuckles and I was like, oh, um, have you got love on the other hand? And he was like, no, I've got pain. And I was just like, I'm getting angel wings on my back. (laughs) And just like wanted to like shrivel up, like the pain didn't even distract me from the pure embarrassment. And it's like, like tattoos are so normal now yeah, and people yeah. love them and I think if that opportunity for me when I was that age to come and have somewhere yeah. safe yeah. clean not feel intimidated yeah, I'd yeah. probably have even more than I do yeah, now, yeah. I think still it's quite intimidating it and, is yeah. yeah and I think to get a micro tattoo like what we do mm. it's like in some tattoo parlors, they would really look down on you. For Absolutely, they'll laugh you out the yeah. door because there'll be people getting whole, you know, it's a lifestyle, whereas actually you kind of yeah. just want like something cute yeah. in and out in 20 minutes. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I'm in next in queue to come and get a tattoo guy <laughs> as well. We have some new designs. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Can you tell me them? Are we allowed to talk about them? Yeah, 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 tell me the new designs. We we have some really cute constellation designs. I love them. And yeah. the one that I want to get is sisters. It's like oh. a wave and two lines. Nice. So my sister's coming for Christmas and we might get one. Does she know yet? No, I haven't asked her. <laughs> this will be but, she, her she must out. but she's a younger sister, so like... Oh, yeah. she'll do what she's told. Yeah, yeah, oh. she must do what she's told. <laughs> and how about, so you've got a younger sister. Have you got other brothers and sisters? Or? No, no, just one younger sister. And what's she doing then? Is she doing business as well? What's no, she's a of- music teacher. Oh, nice. Uh, so she was trained as a pianist, so we're completely different. She's yeah. very creative. She was a composer <laughs> and now she's a music teacher. Oh, lovely though. And how about you, musical? No? I did play the piano, but I hated it. I hate repetition. And I think you really need to practice to do well. Yeah. Yeah. Is this your first business? It can't be. Yes, it is. Oh my God. I was expecting you to have this string of like other stuff, but actually you just kind of went straight into the bullseye. That's amazing. 
And so what are the plans? I know that you've just been in New York. Yeah. And it went really well. We did three pop-ups in New York and right. it was overwhelming. We had so many fans. We didn't realize that we had so many fans out there. That's uh, yeah, they were queuing up to, you know, see the launch of the new collection mm-hmm. there. And they're just so excited about us. That's so cool. Yeah. And so are you going to be going anywhere else in the States or anywhere else in the world? Have you got plans coming up for that? I think we'll focus on the New York first, but mm-hmm. we're planning something exciting that involves surrounding cities in the US. Super exciting. So stay tuned. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about being a mum. So you said in the questions that it's affected how you see your own mum. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So my parents had a very traditional setup as like most of our parents in that generation probably had. So my dad was relatively successful, but Mm -hmm. my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I think um, my dad didn't really respect or like understand what goes into being a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of influenced me. I always thought, oh, maybe like she doesn't work. She's not adding value. Yeah. Because that's kind of the impression that was given. Mm -hmm. And I always like wanted to be this like really strong career woman. And I want to beat the boys. (laughs) And I thought that's all that mattered. Yeah. But having been a mom, I realized that being a stay-at-home mom is the hardest job in the world. Yeah. And the things that my mom gave us, the fact that she was always educational, she took us around everywhere and she never looked tired. Yeah. That's amazing <laughs> yeah, in itself. Yeah. Like, I look knackered. Yeah, I don't have any yeah, kids. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> the one hour I spend with my kids on Saturday, I'm so tired. <laughs> like by 8 a.m. I'm so tired. Yeah. I want to go to bed again. <laughs> it's really interesting because yeah. I grew up in a similar situation. So yeah. I had like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And when you only have like a man who is out in business and you're like a little kid and you're like, okay, well, here are my options. Yeah. It's like staying at home, which again, you don't understand the value of it because it's just, you expect them, like when you're a kid, you expect to be fed, you expect to have have all your needs met. And then I saw my dad like, again, relatively successful. And I was like, that looks more fun. Because he's got a title, right? He's like something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Rather than just like mum. Yeah. So how old are your kids? They're two and a half and one and a half. Oh, so little, little Yeah, they're really little. Yeah. And do you think having children has affected how you run the business? Do you think that you consider how your staff are going to be when they have kids and you try and be more accommodating? Definitely. So first of all, I've kind of learned to step back a bit because I have to, because uh-huh. I have to go to, go home by six o'clock. Yeah. Because the nanny lives at 6.30. Yeah. And another thing is we've just introduced a maternity scheme, which is quite I think generous. Oh, great. Because I think that's so important. We have like, it's an all female team, mostly all female team, Mm -hmm. especially in the office. And Mm. a lot of them are in in their like, you know, mid to late 20s, but Mm -hmm. eventually they'll have to be like, get there. Yeah, of course. And I suppose knowing that that is an option, you want to look after your staff as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. Because I think it's so important. Yeah, I mean, if you've got good staff and you've got a business that's running and if people yeah. are staying, then you know you're yeah. doing something right yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, So with your kids, what are your hopes for them? Would you want them to be business or do you want them to be creative? I don't really have hopes for them. I just want them to be happy. Yeah. One thing is I want them to be independent. Yes. Yeah. Happy and independent. Happy and independent. Yeah, I don't really care what they do. I actually thought Astro Mew might be your kids' names <laughs> when I was thinking about where the name came but from. But Astro Mew was born eight years ago. The ah, kids were well. born two and one year ago. <laughs> you could just call them Astro yeah, 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 that's are true. Are girls? Yeah, they're girls. <laughs> they, they're Summer and Sky. Oh, Yeah, gorgeous. that could be another brand. Summer and Summer Sky. And Sky. Summer and Sky, yeah. 
Sunrise Sky is a good name, and you could do kids stuff like when you see little kids. They baby ear piercing. That's the next yeah, thing. Yeah. A baby ear piercing. Yeah, we have these like really little clickers that you fit through your cartilage. I think one customer came and said, "Are these baby ears because they're so tiny?" <laughs> That's actually quite cute. Yeah. Going back to Ashton Mew and this journey you've been through. So, where do you find your biggest inspiration, or do you hand that over to other people? So it's a combination of both. So mm-hmm. our like products team does constant research. Mm-hmm. So we look at Instagram, yeah, and we look at archives. Yes, through luxury brands, we we're right now developing a range where we're looking at archives of like old Chanel, old Givenchy, which is really fun. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Where do you find them? Auction sites. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. You could get archives and auctions. Yeah, yeah. that's gorgeous and so you must have all these beautiful books you can like go through and imagery to be like yeah they're, they're actually all online it's really? it's super easy so yeah. you literally just can like click and be like yeah. show me like really yeah now and... with everything online it's so easy to do research mm. yeah. so what do you think the next emerging trends are going to be for jewelry in the next kind of year I think the ear stacking will still be really strong because yeah. I think it just started and it's like at the peak but it hasn't super peaked yet so i think that's I still going to be really trendy yeah and mm. it's going to uh, it's going <laughs> to continue i think bracelets might have a comeback oh yeah because i remember like when i first started the business that used to be arm party remember hashtag arm party yes yeah man People repeller have loads yeah, of stuff yeah, up yeah, yeah, their yeah. arms yeah and now no one wears bracelets but i think bracelets will have a comeback at some point like a bangle or, or a soft bracelet soft bracelets oh yeah interesting yeah, a stack of very soft bracelets oh nice yeah. yeah i can see that kind of summery vibes thin strands different uh, metals combined, yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff so we're rounding up to the end when we start just having a little bit of a yeah freestyle so yeah. one of the main things i wanted to ask you about is how do you feel about the copycats because i've seen a lot of brands pop up on instagram yeah they've just kind of seen something yeah. that's working and run with it I'm so paranoid. Oh, no. <laughs> but at the, I shouldn't mention yeah, that. No, 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 no. Cats. They don't exist. I, no, but I, I said that. But I think at the same time, it's a form of flattery. Of course. And the way to combat this is to just constantly innovate. Yeah. yeah. And I think people can copy our designs, but they can't really replicate the experience and the vibes that yeah. we have. And also it's really amazing quality as well. So they might be copying it, but it might mm. be something that's going to turn your ears green within a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I suppose it is true. Highest form of flattery, isn't it? So moving forward, what would be your, who would be your dream collaboration? Brands or celebrities? Oh, I really admire what Reformation in the US does. Oh, I yeah. think it will be a really good story to tie in because we're trying to be a much more sustainable brand. We're mm. trying to reduce carbon footprints. So we'd really like to learn from what Reformation does, but also like just sit next to them sit next yeah. to them yeah I mean and I've also seen that you're doing the kind of bring back the box scheme and stuff so it yeah. shows that you're already thinking about sustainability and yeah. being more kind of yeah. eco-friendly and stuff what was your favourite item of jewellery as a child I mean I wore and this is really 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 sad take that jewellery <laughs> what is that what is <laughs> take that jewellery take, take that was like a 90s boy yeah, band I, I know. <laughs> and they had funnily enough which is now the Tiffany logo that they're using it's the tt so i saw it and oh. i was like that's the take that logo i was like oh no tiffany <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My brain I, yeah i used to have those tiffany link bracelets with the heart that yeah. was like oh, yes. yeah that was the thing when i was like 15 i like yeah or 16 
Yeah. I had that. I had a boyfriend who yeah, yeah. bought me that and had yeah, I love yeah, you engraved yeah, yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah. And I've still got it, ironically. I was like, what <laughs> I am I going to do I think it's having a this? comeback, actually. They are. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, if you wear it and you're my age, it looks yeah. like I've never taken it off. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you wear it when you're young and hot, you're like being cool and ironic. <laughs> Obviously, running a business is a challenge. Yeah. With two young children, even yeah, more so. Yeah. Who's your biggest support at home? Oh, my husband, Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the smartest guy in the world, but he's also so... He respects what I do. He respects mm-hmm. me so much. And I think that's one of the reasons I thought, oh, like, he is the one. Because before him, I never wanted to get married. So where did you meet Joe? At a nightclub. Which club? <laughs> Eclipse in South Kensington. Oh, nice. And what does Joe do? He's an investor. He, oh, he invests in stocks. So he, was he helpful with kind of the development of the business? Did yeah. He have kind yeah. Of- He's like a bedroom advisor, pillow advisor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You should so get we, him on the payroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always just like chat about everything. So he knows about everything about the business. That's and great. he knows everyone in the business as well. But that is so important. I think that, you know, you can't do it without a good support network. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, obviously your parents are super supportive. So your yeah. mom, obviously she's not doing the postage runs anymore, but how do your parents feel about it? Yeah, I think they're really proud of what I've built. And whenever they come, they always want to come to the store and like take photos of the store like Aww. next to the toe and send it to their friends. Oh, I love yeah. that. And my mom's been so supportive. Every mm. time I had kids, she'd stay here for an extended period of time. So she'd right. help me, take care of me, cook for me. Right. So that was amazing. You must want to be like, just come, come yeah, and stay. Yeah, yeah. I want I her to do me the home cooked meals yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so we're rounding up. After our chat, I feel like we've been on a lovely journey. We've seen you arriving in London, meeting Joe, setting up the business, <laughs> meeting Sarah, all these poignant moments in yeah. your life. I guess the main thing to ask now is what is the future of Astromeo? Like what's coming next? I know that you've got US plans, but where else are we going? We've built a really strong community and become a cult brand in London. Mm. But I think there's so much opportunity outside of London in the UK. So yes. we want to go meet our customers and fans outside of the UK. So that's on on our radar. Great. And obviously US. And we also want to build on this experience component in our stores. So other experiences. So stay tuned. Ooh, how exciting. Well, thank you so much for today. Thank you. I feel like I know even more about the brand and I'm so excited to see what's coming. And I'm going to be first in line for my tattoo. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to After Hours by Astrid and Mew. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. 